stuff. Welcome to a very special bonus episode of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason, and you've found the show where I talk to the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. On today's show, I talk to Andy, a.k.a. Red Yarn, about his music, how he got the name Red Yarn, about whether teaching has an influence on his performances, and of course, well, maybe not of course, but puppets. Yeah, puppets. I had a great time talking to Andy. He's a really great guy. I think you'll get a kick out of him and what he's doing. And if you stay tuned all the way to the end of the show, you can hear the song Bile Them Cabbage in its entirety. It's a really, really good one. Of course, for anything that you need to know about the Good Stuff Kids podcast, all you got to do is point your browser to www.goodstuffpod.com. That's www.goodstuffpod.com. And don't be shy. Feel free to share this with a friend. Thanks a lot. Talk to you at the end of the show. I would, uh, I'd like to welcome Andy, a.k.a., right? A.k.a. Red Yarn. A.k.a. A.k.a. to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. Andy, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Of of course. Totally. So let's start at the top. Red Yarn. How, How did the name Red Yarn come about? Okay, well, it's sort of like a multifaceted answer here. Um, I'd been performing for kids for a couple of years. My wife and I, um, when we were just still boyfriend and girlfriend, had a just a super informal kids band called Jelly Jar. And just did some birthdays and a few little community events and this and that. But I knew I kind of wanted to get more serious with it. And meanwhile, she was uh, starting her master's degree in teaching. So I wanted to kind of create a solo identity and uh, had had in mind, you know, had been collecting old folk songs and, and wanted it to be this sort of like American bard type figure, a little larger than life, you know. Um, I was starting to work in the puppetry, so I wanted it to be, you know, almost like a puppet character himself. Uh, I was searching for a name, something that'd be easy for kids to say and remember and but you know that had some uh could kind of resonate on multiple levels and i was just playing around with uh first i was doing like an anagram thing with the letters in my name with andy and andrew and uh pulled out red and yarn and like a few other words out of that <clears throat> and uh, ultimately like was kind of playing around with a bunch of different uh combinations but landed on red yarn and really liked the sort of uh, multiple meanings, you know, red, both being, I've got a red beard. And when I first created this character, I made a beard out of red yarn that I wore over my beard. You can still see it in some of my videos and promo pics, but, uh, I've since, I've since ditched the red yarn beard, but I liked, you know, so red was worked well for that, but I feel like red also sort of conveys like, you know, a sense of like lifeblood and, um, you know, a lot sort of red, white, and blue resonance with all the, like, old American songs. But then yarn can be both a material to build puppets, but also an old folktale, an old story. Um, so, yeah, I kind of landed on that, and it stuck. And, uh, yeah, and now, you know, when I go to schools and see little toddlers around Portland who know, know me, I'm just, I'm red, I'm red yarn, I'm Mr. Yarn. I mean, Andy, forget about Andy, like, uh <laughs> Red, more people know me as Red Yarn than anything else now, so that's great. Hey, Mr. Yarn, that, that's, yeah, exactly. that, that's got to feel pretty good, though. That's yeah, in elementary good. school when they're like,
like, should we call you Mr. Yarn? And I'm like, no, you can just call me Handy or Red Yarn. <laughs> that, oh, that's so great. Yeah. So um, you talked, you mentioned puppetry. And yeah. I, I think puppetry, just from the videos and, and things that I've seen um, at, when I was learning about you, um, seems like puppetry is a big part of, of who you are and what you do. How did that get started? Yeah, you know, it was um, it was sort of just an in, you know interesting sort of organic growth of my um, kids' performance persona. I mean, I'm a you know definitely mu- I'd say musician first. Um, you know, I've been playing music and playing in bands since I was a teenager. But um, uh, when I started doing some storytelling and songs for kids, you know, it was just super informal. I worked at a community center and was doing some um, events, evening events for families there. And, uh, that's when my wife, Jesse joined me and, you know, we were kind of, we we're, uh, just experimenting with that. And I decided, you know, Hey, let's work in some puppets. That'd be fun. So we just built some elaborate sock puppets. And, uh, and as soon as I kind of dug back into that, um, you know, building puppets and doing puppetry, it reignited a very old passion of mine. When I was a kid, I was constantly, you know, building little clay figures and models and, you know, big setups for my action figures. And had even before I started playing guitar, I'd gotten really into stop motion animation and was playing around with that as a, like a, you know, 11, 12 year old. But it had just kind of set that aside and focused on music for many, many years. So when I started building puppets again, I was like, oh my gosh, wait, I, I really have a, you know, a, a talent for this. And met, like, at a perfect time, met an amazing puppeteer um, who was kind of running his own company and building puppets out of recycled materials. And he, he was the one who, this guy, Bruce Orr, who he now lives in uh, Boston, but he has a company called Mud Eye Puppet Company. He sort of showed me like, whoa, like being a performer and a teaching artist, that could like be my job. And, uh, and you know, how fun it is to play with puppets. And like, you know, they're just an amazing tool for, I, you know, I feel like it'd be harder for me just to kind of get up and play song after song and song after song, do a fully music set for kids. Um, and I find that puppets are this amazing tool for sort of varying the dynamics and introducing these other characters. And when I'm doing so- solo shows, you know, I can have a little rapport with my puppet characters and introduce other sides of my personality. And, you know, uh, so, yeah, it's just it's become an essential part of my of my live act, but also an essential part of this whole deep woods world that I'm building with, you know, all these old animal characters from American folk songs and folk tales. So, yeah, it's become totally integral. And uh, I, I still don't consider myself like an amazing puppeteer, but luckily Portland has an awesome puppet community. And when I do videos and big shows, I'm able to um, engage other puppeteers to be a part of it. So I've been super lucky to work with a lot of super talented puppeteers who are a lot more talented than I am. Um, that's uh, it's we're going to get into it a little bit. Um, I want to I got to start. I, I was watching your videos and you talked a little bit about. Um, sharing your personality and I watched the video for um, Bile Them Cabbage uh-huh. and so I first have to start with like I was listening to it and I was like what? Bile Them Cabbage and then I was like what? this guy is like really going for it and then I was like oh this guy is really going for it and then he is really re- like it that is, that is like the biggest groove I've ever heard and, and it's so 
so good. And and then like I'm watching you and you're sweeping and like you're sweeping with this like energy I've never seen anyone sweep with and the song is so awesome and it's like I'm like I could not it was a little bit mind blowing, I I have to oh, say. I'm so, glad you enjoyed it. Oh my god, it's so good. The song kills, it's so good. And then like your personality and the video so I don't mean to like lock in on this song. I know you got a lot. Yeah. We have a lot to talk about, but like, t- talk to me. Tell me. Tell me the story. Yeah, I've, you know. So that's just like another old folk song I discovered that has all these uh, animal characters in it, and you know, seemed like a good one um, to integrate into my show. And I decided to go with the like when I first found the song in in an old um, Alan Lomax folk anthology book. It was under the name Bile Them Cabbage, you know, which is just an old variant of boil them cabbage and uh there's a lot of you know a lot of people say boil them cabbage uh, and in hindsight i've gotten like enough sort of questions about like what do you mean what bile you're singing a song about bile that's disgusting and i'm like no no boil boil um so like in hindsight maybe i should have just said boil them cabbage but i kind of uh, like the old timey variant but um yeah I, I just wanted to that video you know we had we had shot this um kind of a 25 minute mini movie um, back in 2014. Got a grant. Sort of, it's sort of framed as like a pilot episode of a kids show. And some of the videos I have up online are from that. But that was like a giant undertaking. Um, you know, had like rented a warehouse space. It was like big set, lots of puppeteers. But inevitably, we'd be filmed. We'd like, you know, start our day, get everything set up, and we wouldn't be filming till like the evening, even at like the middle of the night. And I feel like my perform it was just the performance was like it ended up being hard for me because I'm like exhausted and stressed. And I think it kind of came through in some ways in the performance. So for that video, I was like, let's just make it comfortable, you know, do it at my house, like in the daytime, have a bunch of friends over, just like make it a backyard party. Um, and so, you know, but there wasn't like a strong storyline. So I was like, okay, let's just like have fun with it. So I don't know, the sweeping, the raking the yard. I was like, what would I be doing to get ready for a big backyard party? And, and, and how can I make it, like, rhythmic and, like, you know, add a little bit of, uh, you know, kind of dancing to it and stuff. And when I perform live, I'm just, like, jumping and dancing all over the place. So I wanted to translate that a bit in the in the video. And just because we were having so much fun, it was, like, a daytime shoot, and I was so comfortable, I think that kind of comes across in the video. But I'm, I'm glad you caught it. Oh, man. I loved it. I love that you went for it. I always awesome. think about that, like, how how can you really go for it, and what would that look like, and what would that be like? And I think that yeah. I think I've seen it. I think I have the evidence that you should totally kids out there who are listening go for it. Red Yarn says yeah, so. I say go for it. And the funny thing is, because I like instead of just playing my guitar the whole song, I decided to do the sweeping bit and the raking bit and some other things. I've heard from parents, especially who have like little boys who are obs- obsessed with, you know sweeping and raking like that's like a kid thing to get obsessed with yeah. and so like you know the, my, my actually my cousin uh, has a little two-year-old who loves mowing the lawn and raking the lawn and sweeping and so he's like t- totally fixated on it because it's like that video where that guy's sweeping you know so yeah somehow i like got to get through to some other like kid obsessions just by yeah. using a broom and a rake yeah <laughs> but i mean and so that's one part of it, right? But then yeah. musically, the just the, the the way that you, the song is produced, the way that you sing it, the instrumentation, like it's big in every way, and it's like so good, so good. It's like there's like a little second line kind of drum happening, and uh-huh. like, man, I I just I dig it, I dig it. So yeah, well, thanks, man. Yeah, you know, it's always just an effort to like 
you know, my whole goal is to sort of find these old folk songs and just pour, you know, pour a lot of new energy into them while still sort of like referencing back to the, you know, different American music traditions, but, um, you know, add sort of a contemporary sensibility, you know, keep the same old melody, but change the chord pattern underneath, you know, add interesting instruments and stuff like that. So I was really proud of how that recording in particular came together because I feel like, and like you were saying, it sort of references several different American music styles, that kind of, you know, that old like Bo Diddley beat, that sort of second line sound, um, you know, some, you know, interesting piano work, more syncopation, you know, but then I've also gotten comparisons are like, People say that sounds like a Fleetwood Mac song, and I'm like, oh, sweet, I'll take it, man. Uh, oh, I take that. I don't <laughs> think so, but take it, you know, yeah. Well, in the best way. <laughs> in the best so. way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so you have a new album just came out last month, right? Yes. About right. a month yep. ago, right? Um, called Wake Up and Sing. Yep. Um, I watched a video for Wake Up, which features uh-huh. you and several friends. Yeah, um, several Critter friends. Yeah, tell, tell me a little bit about the uh, about the song and about the Critters. Sure. Yeah. So that's just that's the um, the opening track on the album, and it's actually a song I wrote for. Well, I kind of wrote it. Some of the melody is sort of taken from old folk songs and stuff. But uh, I do a lot of preschool visits, and um, I just I came up with that song uh, as a just intro, like you know, good morning intro for my preschool visits, and so it has the hand signs and different stuff, and. Uh, Originally, it was just kind of like a super short thing. Um, just like the first half of the song is like my little preschool good morning intro thing. Um, but then I kind of fleshed it out. I added a second half. And uh, yeah, the concept for that video was sort of similar, just like um, Day in the Life with Red Yarn and his critter friends. Uh, my wife and my baby were out of town. So it was like, okay, if Red Yarn was just hanging out at his house with all of his animal friends, you know, what would we do? And so, you know, it's like, they help me wake up. We have breakfast. We jam in the living room. Then I'm like teaching a rabbit to play a bike, to ride the bike and teaching a horse to drive and, you know, sitting on the porch swing with a goose. And, you know, so it's just sort of a, I, I, I love just sort of developing the fantasy that, you know, the critters are just a part of my everyday life. And after a show, we go home and goof around and, so that was just another super fun, you know, video shoot where I just got to like have fun with the puppeteers and uh, imagine what what I might do in a day with the critters. So awesome. that was a fun. One. That, that's awesome. Um, it seems that uh, education uh, and educating, you know, you've gone to a lot of preschools, but it seems like that's a big part of of who you are and and what you do. Um, and and that teaching the I, I read an article that uh, <laughs> that, you, that I think it was an interview that you did where you talked about teaching the Great American Songbook. And uh-huh. so how does like the idea of educating and, and teaching this like sort of vast repertoire come through mm-hmm. in like your live performance? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, well, sort of, I mean, it starts with just kind of most of the songs I perform live are rooted in traditional folk songs. Um, and, you know, I try to I try to make that both clear, you know, to older kids and to adults who might be listening that that's, you know, that's what they're hearing is, you know, my adaptations of old folk songs. Um, but for younger kids, for like preschool age kids, um, who might not really know what I'm talking about when I say, here's another old folk song or, you know, um, I think just making them familiar with these old melodies and with these old lyrics and tunes, uh, and stories 
is so important. And then, you know, I, I love seeing kids have this aha moment where they realize that a song I from they've heard me perform and they, you know, they think of as a red yarn song. They realize they hear like a, you know, 50 year old recording of it. And they're like, whoa, wait, you know, there's a history to this song. And I think that sort of encouraging that sort of like looking back, you know, both musically and historically is so important and so easy for kids to just kind of be caught up in the now and that this historical moment is, you know, the only one that matters. Um, my dad was a history teacher and, uh, and so I think he kind of inspired me to sort of, you know, and, and his dad before him was a, you know, amazing, just like Texas storyteller, like, you know, so this sense of, of making history relevant and, uh, and important to kids is, you know, I think it's just been ingrained in me. And uh, so bringing new life to these old songs and, you know, making kids familiar with them um, so that when they begin developing their own musical tastes and a sense of a national identity and, you know, all that stuff, they might be able to sort of, they have a familiarity with these old tunes and these old stories. And, uh, you know, suddenly history is like a little more alive for them. Um, and I think folk songs can just be this really amazing, like, living evidence of history, you know, to sort of inhabit these old songs um, and think about somebody 100 years ago singing that same song and, you know, what those stories might conjure for them. I don't know. For me, it's just so powerful. And I mean, I can't even quite describe it, but just kind of like um, tapping into that rich, rich lineage of people who've sung these same old songs for hundreds and hundreds of years uh, it just brings me a lot of pride and uh, kind of grounds my work in in a larger cultural mission that like gives me that allows me to sort of believe more firmly in these songs and what I'm doing. I think than if I was just you know writing silly songs for kids, right? It feels like there's sort of a larger mission there. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you talk about preserve preserving the culture of. Mm -hmm. Of folk music, that's um, that's a, a noble a noble mission and a noble goal. Um, yeah. Tell me uh, who. So who are you? Some of your folk music heroes. Um, I mean, I think I first I sort of first came to folk music uh, via Bob Dylan, uh, who I got into late in high school and then like deep deep into throughout college. And I I wrote my college thesis about comparing Bob Dylan and Walt Whitman. And sort of the idea of like the American poet singer, um, the American bard, um, and so I mean, Dylan is such a fascinating character, and so I mean, so much of his creativity and his early his you know his roots are in these old folk songs, um, and so kind of as I started digging into his influences, I discovered the um, anthology of American folk music, um, which was a compilation that this guy Harry Smith, who was like an avant garde filmmaker and artist in Greenwich Village in the 40s and 50s um, put together and released through Folkways and that became kind of like the bible for all these like Greenwich Village folk singers um, so kind of digging it you know finding the roots of that hearing these old songs um, and then I came upon my wife gave me this as I was like really kind of beginning to explore this stuff my wife gave me this amazing book by um, that Alan Lomax put out Alan Lomax and his father John Lomax were um, these old folklorists who, you know, traveled around the world and around the South collecting collecting and, you know, um, annotating old folk songs. So I got this great 
big, thick uh, anthology of his um, called Folk Songs of North America. And back in 2010, when I, you know, I've always sort of like being from Texas, sort of growing up on like Texas singer-songwriter stuff, country music, blues, all that stuff. You know, that sort of folky sensibility had always been in my songwriting. But I decided, like, if I'm going to situate myself in, like, the folk music genre, I just can't, like, write what I think are folky-sounding songs. Like, I, I need to actually know more folk music. So I, I embarked on this project of, like, learning a song every day for a month out of this old book, coming up with my old, own adaptations, writing analysis of them. So that's when I first, I first started a blog called Red Yarn. Red Yarn Project, so it was just like my sort of blanket title for my folk music explorations. But thinking into that old Lomax book, I did the same thing a couple years later with a Carl Sandburg um, anthology called American Songbag. Um, and since then, you know, like Pete Seeger, Woody Guthrie, Lead Belly, Ella Jenkins, all the like classic folk singers who who also sort of blurred that line between like kids' music and adult music, you know. Um, they were just like, it's all folk music, and they would put out records that were more oriented at kids, but contained like really weird, dark, sometimes violent songs, you know, stuff that you a parent would hear today and think is kind of off color. But that was one of my early fascinations was just like, because it's folk music, because it's traditional, because that's what we've always thought of as kids' music, like you can actually get away with talking about a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> If you just say, well, it's just an old traditional song. Sorry, it's all about death, you know. <laughs> so that was like one of my early fascinations and sort of what drew me into this work. I think over time I've, I've, I've learned uh, to read the audience a little better than some of my early shows were maybe pushing it a little too far. <laughs> so I've gotten a little better with that, like putting a little more positive spin on stuff. Nice, nice. So, um, so what's, what's upcoming for, for Red Yarn? Well, so actually next week I'm heading back into the studio to start working on the next album. Oh wow, already uh, nice. Because uh, yeah, I mean it seems it seems sudden, but the truth is, wake up and sing. I actually re mostly recorded um, like a year and a several months ago it, while I was still working on Deepwoods Revival, the previous record, um, which I had recorded in Portland. Um, I was out in the East Coast and went uh, and spent a couple days with that uh, producer, Dean Jones, who does a lot of awesome family music projects with, you know, the Okie Dokie Brothers and Molly Ledford and Billy Kelly and Joni Leeds and billions of other. Uh, he, I mean, he, he's just kind of the kindy super producer. And uh, we had been corresponding and, uh, and I decided to go work with him for just a couple of days, thinking I would just record maybe, you know, six leftover songs from um, the Deepwoods Revival Sessions you know, just put out a little EP or something. But uh, he kept coaxing songs out. We ended up recording 12 songs, 11 of which made it on the record. Um, so, but because that was like, you know, more than a year old, in the meantime, I've been writing new songs, um, collecting new songs. So I've got a new bunch of songs, and this will be the third and possibly final Deep Woods record. Because oh. my first album was the Deep Woods, the second was Deep Woods Revival. Wake Up and Sing is a little bit of a step out of the deep woods, but um, now this last one is sort of possibly the you know the the final in the trilogy. Uh -huh. um, a lot more original songs, um, kind of darker, some more adult. I I, I still got to figure out how to make it like a really family friendly album because right now it's like maybe a few steps over the line. 
Um, so reeling it back in and working in a little more lighthearted stuff. So, but yeah, I'm heading to the studio next week to start working on that. And then it's like travel and tour season for Red Yarn and family. So, um, tons of library shows all over Oregon and Washington. Um, a little bit of family vacation time in Colorado. And then we're heading to the East Coast for a week long tour out there. Um, coming back to Oregon to do music festivals and uh, some other stuff around here. So, yeah, busy summer, lots of shows. Hopefully, you know, continue working on the um, recordings as we go. So, awesome. Well, yeah. Please come to the Bay. We want to see yeah, you. Yeah, man. I'll be there in uh, October. I'm going to come and do that Tricycle Music Festival, which uh, the San Francisco Public Library and the San Leandro, I want to say, Public Library put together. So we'll be down oh, there cool. in, in October. Okay, yeah. well, good stuff, Posse Bay Area. We'll mount up to see you. Sweet. Awesome. <laughs> um, so how can uh, how can listeners connect with you? So um, all, the, all the social medias um, – Facebook slash Red Yarn. I'm on uh, Instagram and Twitter as Red Yarn PDX. Um, website is redyarnproductions.com. Um, and all my music is available on my Bandcamp site, which is uh, redyarn.bandcamp.com. That's probably the, the um, online sales sites that, that's most profitable for me. Although it's also up on iTunes and Amazon and all that other stuff too. So yeah, just l- look it up. Oh, and YouTube, of course, got a lot of videos there. Cool. Red Yarn Films is the youtube handle so yeah they can find me in all the on all the medias and all the right places awesome yeah well andy thank you so much for taking some time to talk to me it was uh awesome to meet you and awesome to talk to you and good luck with everything and i'll see you in october at the very least sounds great thanks so much mike it's my pleasure all right take it easy you too bye well it's not fun he's a good guy so thanks a lot andy for being on the show we really really love your music and really appreciate everything that you're doing Please stay tuned now for the song Bile Them Cabbage in its entirety. Thanks a lot. Have a great rest of your week. Raccoon's got a bushy tail. Parson's tail is bare. Rabbit's got no tail at all. Just a little bunch of hair. Possum up the cement tree, raccoon on the ground. Raccoon says the possum won't shake those simmons down. Bow them cabbage down, down to that who'll kick around.
Stuff.